0: everyone. I am Kathleen Watkins of Outlive Your Life, the workshop where you learn to write your life story two pages at a time. In each episode, I will talk with individuals who have experienced a guided autobiography class. They will share one of their stories with you, the listening audience, and receive supportive feedback. Each of us is unique. There has never been anyone exactly like you. One of the greatest risks we face in life is living day to day without any reflection of who we are, what we've done, where we've been, and what really matters to us. Guided Autobiography was developed by James Buren, a professor of gerontology at USC in the 1970s. It is a system that recaptures our lives by writing our stories two pages at a time, sharing these stories in a group setting, receiving and giving feedback and preserving our life stories for our children, our grandchildren, and future generations to come. Today, on our second episode, I am so happy to have one of the ladies who participated in my very first class, Carolyn Stampley. And we also have with us today Jasmine, who is the producer of this great podcast. Carolyn, would you please share with the audience, just tell us something about you.
1: Well, thank you, Kathleen, for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited to be here. A little bit about myself is I'm a mother of three adult children, and I also have three grandchildren. I am a part of Toastmasters, a former member of Toastmasters, actually. But while I was in Toastmasters, they named me, or they started calling me the storyteller. And at first, I didn't wear that badge very well because I didn't think I was. But when I realized that people were remembering my stories, that's when I took on maybe I am a storyteller. (laughs) So now I wear that badge very proudly of being a storyteller. I'm also a part of Spiritually Bold, Incorporated, one of Kathleen's groups. Uh, She let me be one of the actors in several of her plays, and she let me be a singer. She wrote in a spot where I could sing. That was one of my greatest joys of Spiritually Bold, Incorporated. And I'm also adventurous. So I I tell people I jumped out of an airplane and they, you know, to me at this point it's not a great big thing, but at the time it was happening, uh, it's quite dramatic and I'm glad I did it in my life. Jumped out of a plane and I would love to do it again. And I am a part of the Regatta Festival. I do dragon boat racing. So uh, every season I try to get in there and And race on the Oklahoma River, and last but not least, I am the secretary at Oklahoma Student Loan Authority (OSLA). That's who I am, and like uh, Kathleen said, my name is Carolyn Stampley. So, uh, oh, Carolyn, you
0: are you are quite an interesting person. (laughs) Uh, She's not kidding. When she first came to Toastmasters, we started calling her the storyteller because she has such a, um, she just has such a way of telling stories that just grabs your attention. So Carolyn, when I asked you to be a part of my uh, workshop, you didn't hesitate to say yes.
1: Why? well, I like writing I like writing and that's that's when it, that's why it's interesting to me because I wanted to let my family know also I want my family to know what has happened in my life and to be able to share that story and writing I was uh, that's why I was interested. I did hesitate a little bit because I was like, oh, what are you trying to get me into now? <laughs> and how long is this going to take me? And what am I going to have to do? But the thing that really sold me when you asked me about being a part of your class is when you said, all you have to write is two pages. <laughs> and that's when I was I can do that. I can write two pages and excuse me, share what I really want to share, I think, in two pages, and it won't take up so much of my time. That's why I wanted to be a part of the class. I think that that's one of the best parts about it because
0: most people, when they think of writing their life story, they they think they've got to write this whole big narrative and they have to start from the very beginning. You have to do it chronologically. We're in with guided autobiography. You are given a theme every week to write on. And these are universal themes. For instance, the first one I usually do is uh, turning points. What is a turning point in your life? It is when Where was the time when something happened to you that kind of turned you around? It could have been a person who did that for you. It could have been an event. It could have been you just reading a book. And it just kind of ch- turned you all the way around. So, Carolyn, what I would like to do right now, because I want the audience to really get a good idea of what these classes are all about. We're going to really demonstrate what a guided autobiography class is all about. So would you please read um, Your story. Now, is this going to be a Turning Point story?
1: This is the Turning Point story. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, it's yours.
1: Okay. The name of my story is Turning Point. I was still a child. There is a singer named Adele. She just came out with a new song that's so beautiful and soulful. The name of the song is Go Easy on Me. She probably was singing about a love of hers, but some of the words are so fitting at this time for me as I think of turning points and writing starting from the beginning. This major turning point can never be left out of my story. Adele's words say, I was still a child. It didn't get a chance to feel the world around me. I had no time to choose what I chose to do, so go easy on me. So I start with, I was still a child when my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. The thing is, I didn't know at the time what all that meant. I was still a child. I remember she got sick a few times and had to go to the hospital. I think people tried to shelter me and my four sisters from what was happening to my mother. Now that I look back, A couple of my aunts from Texas came to stay with us a while. Maybe it was to help my mom with us, or maybe it was just to get them away from their own drama in Texas. I don't know. I was still a child. What I do know is one time my mom came home from the hospital, and she had so many bandages on one side of her chest, and she seemed to be in pain. I don't know why, out of all my sisters, I seemed to hang around my mom the most at this time. I watched over her, not consciously. I was still a child. I didn't know how to choose what I chose to do. I just knew I needed to be close to her. I remember when she went to the bathroom to remove the bandages. I was right there. She started removing the gauze one at a time, layer after layer, Tears began to run down her cheeks as the, first, as, as the last layer revealed a horrible scar. One of her breasts had been cut off. I was still a child. I had no time to choose what I chose to do, and I chose to stay close, very close to her and watch her and help her with anything she needed to clean and redress the scars and get back in bed to rest. This happened for many days. The scar began to heal and close, and she seemed to get better. We were almost back to life as usual, almost back to normal. Mom used to get us ready on Saturdays for church on Sunday. All five of us girls had to get our hair done. Before Mom got sick, she would do our hair. Now we had to go, go to the hairdresser. The hairdresser pressed our hair so hard and with so much grease, when it was time to walk back home in the hot sun, our heads were still burning and sizzling. Sundays at church were always great because we got to see Reverend Carson and listen to him preach. I was still a child, though. I twisted around in my seat, wanting him to hurry up and finish preaching just like any other child. At the end, he always sang a song and had an altar call. Now I noticed Mom. She again had tears running down her cheeks. I was still a child, but I was wondering now was she praying? Was she asking God for help? Was she asking God to heal her? Was she praying that we would be okay if she wasn't going to make it? I remember she had a rosary. We were a part of the AME Zion Church, the African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church. They must have broken off from the Catholic Church. I don't know. I was still a child, and I didn't get a chance to choose. But sometimes I noticed my mom with that rosary. One day, the ambulance came to the house. Mom wasn't feeling good. They took her to the hospital. I was still a child, and I didn't understand for one minute the severity of her sickness and that she might not come back home. I don't remember if it was the day after they took her away to the hospital or many days. I was still a child, and all I know is one day, my dad gathered us all around him and Reverend Carson was there, and my dad told us that Mom was sick, and, she, and he said she called out all of our names, Evelyn, Debbie, Carolyn, Linda, and Pam, and then she passed away. She died, and my dad began to cry out in sorrow. We all began to cry. I don't know if we were crying because Mom had died, or because Dad was crying and we had never seen him cry before. The next day, the sun came up. I could see the daylight through my bedroom window, but nobody was moving in the house. I remember we all just laid there, laid there in the silence. Adele mentioned in her song, Can't bring myself to swim, drowning in the silence. She mentions, I had good intentions, I had hopes. My mom died at the age of 36. All the dreams, all the hopes seemed to have slipped away. She wouldn't be there to see her children graduate high school, get a college degree, fall in love, prepare for weddings, see her first grandchild, watch us fall and struggle, watch us get up and succeed. Watch us become so much like her, patient and kind. So this is what I really want to say in my story with Adele's words. Go easy on me. I was still a child. Didn't get the chance to feel the world around me. I had no time to choose what I chose to do. So go easy on me. A part of my heart has been taken away. Go easy on me. That's my story.
0: Yeah, and that's that mm-hmm. is really that's really heart wrenching. And even though um, I have heard the story before, mm-hmm. it still is. And the part, the line that always gets me is when you say, "But I was, I was just a child. Mm-hmm. I was just a child." Jazz, what do you? Um, what jumped out at you?
2: That story was beautifully written. I want to say that first. And it was so moving to hear how deeply personal that moment was for you in life and that span of time in life for you. And I also really appreciate how you are able to listen to music and express the way that you feel about recalling these moments in song because for me that is deep down a a way that I process things in life um all of my happy moments all of my sad moments it it always seems like there ends up being a song that just perfectly encapsulates that moment and I also just want to say thank you for sharing that story because I've had family that's had sickness too and it's it helps me feel like we're not alone in these struggles mm-hmm. when we get to hear other people's stories.
0: Thank you. You are so right about that, Chaz. We are not alone. So, Carolyn, share, share with us um, your experience in going back and bringing
1: back that memory, writing about it. Oh, this was... It was so emotional, so emotional writing this story. I have written about my mother before, and just having to put it in two pages kind of simplified it a little bit. But when I heard Adele's song, it started pulling at my heart. It started pulling at my heart. Oh, yeah, you you were just a child when this was going on. I hadn't, you know, I realized it, but it's like, When she was singing, I was like, I was still a child, and this is what I saw. This is what happened in my life. And to get that story out, it was very, very emotional for me. But the joy of writing this story for me was when I started sharing it with my family. And my sisters, they... They, they began to ask me questions like, Carolyn and I didn't, I knew what we were going through, and, but I didn't realize that what, what I had seen, they didn't realize what I had seen. And when I shared that with them, it became a very emotional and again, a very personal uh, story, a very personal part of our life. The other side of that is when I shared it with my grandchildren, one of my granddaughters is 17 years old. The other one's 15. And when I shared with them, they never got a chance to meet their great-grandmother. And my granddaughter said, after I read the story, she said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who is this you're reading about? And I'm like, this was my mother, your which would be your great-grandmother. And she just broke out in tears. So to me, it's like, I had introduced her to her great-grandmother, and then she realized I have lost my great-grandmother, and this is how I lost her. So it was very emotional, and I'm so glad I had the opportunity to write this story. I am too. I, I'm always amazed
0: at how these stories affect not only the... The writer, but also the other participants in the class, because what happens is while we 're listening, our mind goes back to a time, and what what memory was triggered in me was when my grandmother passed mm-hmm. i was I was only eleven mm-hmm. and and I have not realized just until recently how that really um how that really affected me. and never really even got into it. But um, when I began to write, you know, I had to do these, <laughs> write on these uh, turning points as well. Mm-hmm. Then it, um, I wrote about that. Mm-hmm. So Carolyn, what, tell me, what are your overall thoughts about guided autobiography? Oh my. And would you recommend
1: it to others? My overall thoughts is, please do this. (laughs) Please do this for your family and for your friends, not just for after you've passed away, but share your stories with your family now. Because after you pass away, you won't be able to see their emotions. You won't be able to answer the questions that come afterwards. If you share your story, write it. Write these stories with Kathleen now, and then go back and share them with your friends. That's Yes, I would recommend. I would highly, highly, highly recommend anybody, whether you're young or old, start writing your stories so you, that it can live, so that you can live on past your time. Good point, Carolyn. I was just going to say that.
0: That's why that's why I call my workshop Outlive Your Life. Because once we once we are gone, if we have documented our stories, then our life really lives on. You know, most of the books that we read, a lot of them are from people who are already gone. And they continue to inspire and encourage us. Mm-hmm. To be honest, the, the this world is run by dead people mm-hmm. who really made laws. You know? mm-hmm. yeah, and <laughs> we are still living according to that. So you you want to document it and you made a good point where when you, if you do it now and share it with your family, then you'll get a chance to see their reaction. And like your granddaughters, they had a chance, you had a chance to see the look on their faces right. and, 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 and see, you know, how they felt. Mm-hmm.
1: It was you, such a precious moment, you know, to, to catch her reaction. I'm like, please share your stories.
0: It doesn't get any better than that. Jazz, is it something you want to say?
2: I just love the idea of continuing somebody's legacy through story. That got me thinking about how my siblings and I like to remember our father. He had passed away in 2015, and for us, there was a time where we were grieving that, of course, and and recovering and growing from what happened. But now, whenever we want to remember him, I'll just kind of nudge my brother on the arm and be like hey, you remember that one time? Mm -hmm. And it's like he's right there with us all over again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah.
0: um, One thing, too, as a guided autobiography instructor, I I can remember when I first started writing uh, plays, I write plays about my ancestors. I tell their story. And one thing that really jumped out at me while I did my research was that there wasn't very much material mm-hmm. on that person from that person. Mm-hmm. And if I could have just known what their thoughts were, it would have made it so much easier for me to write their mm-hmm. story. But I'm, you know, having to get information from uh, from other sources Mm -hmm. and also what what other another event that happened was that my granddaughter she was taking an uh, african-american uh studies class and she called me one day and said grandma we're doing a project on the family do you have any information for me oh my god i could have just i didn't have anything for her and nothing of substance I had a lot of pictures but she wanted stories and I didn't have any of this but you know what it did It sent me on a mission I started gathering information writing these stories and now they have a treasure trove of information I do believe that this is my calling I truly do And I'm so glad that you were a part of the class. Now, Carolyn, I'm going to ask a bonus question before we close. And that bonus question is, if you could have lunch with anyone, dead
1: or alive, who would it be from your family? Oh, from my family? Mm -hmm. Well, when you first start asking that Mm -hmm. question, you know, I've had people ask me that question before and I mm-hmm. always go back to a biblical character. Oh okay. yes, I would like to see Jesus. Okay. I got lots of questions to ask God when I get there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but That's from weird. my family, yeah. uh from my family, I would say I would love to meet my grandmothers. I I had a step-grandmother and she was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to me, but I've never met my real grandmothers and I remember going to the funeral of my dad's mother, but I don't remember ever really meeting her. And it has been my greatest joy. It was my great joy to be a mother. But when you become a grandmother, it's, it's elevated. It's an elevated joy. And I would love to see my grandmother. I would love to look into their eyes and... Just see the love, and I want to see. Do they look like me? Do I look like my grandmother? Uh, do I see myself when I see her? You know, so I want to. I want to see my grandmothers, and even as Jazz was saying, you know, the perception of their story. What would you, what would my grandmother say about my parents? Do you remember when I remember when my son? You know, which would have been my father or. or but what the, what stories would she have to say about my parents or would she say you are just like your dad or you are just like your mother uh, that's who I want to one day meet my the grandparents
0: that is wonderful that really is um, Jazz who would you like to have lunch with if you had a choice
2: hmm that's a great question I think if I could have lunch with anyone, it would be my late maternal grandfather. He passed about 16 years ago, and I would love more than anything in the world to show him how much the world has changed Mm. (laughs) since then, and how much I've grown, and my siblings have grown, and how much the family has grown, and what a joy it would be to see what he thought of the world as it keeps turning. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: That's good. If I if I could have lunch with anyone, it would be my father because I never got to know him. My first question would be, where have you been? But yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all my life. <laughs>
0: yeah, all my life. But it would just be nice. I wish I had gotten to know him. I wish I knew um, my, that side of the family because I would want to know it's like you were saying where did I get this from? Where did I get that from? Because like you're saying you can look at uh certain members of your family cuz I tell my niece's girl you are just like your mama. Mm-hmm. You know, just little things like that. So it would it would definitely be my father. Mm-hmm. Well, um ladies, it has been wonderful. Talking to you and and hearing uh, and hearing your story, Carolyn. Thank you. Wonder what a what a legacy to leave behind. But with that, I'm going to close this episode by sharing with the audience your story is the most important part of who you are. The struggles, failures and successes, and everything else in between, start documenting your life story and outlive your life. Outlive Your Life is a part of the Breaking Ice Building Bridges Community Podcast Platform, brought to you by
2: Possibilities.